the issue in America, this obesity epidemic with inflammation is highly rooted in like, who was a Danny Vegas said on, and it was so great. He's like, you weaponize carbohydrates when you mix them with saturated fats, you know, but also the combination of these inflammatory oils. So the American diet is the way they would have it consists of high carbohydrate, refined carbohydrates and refined vegetable oils. That's lethal combination. It blows my mind that that's even legal. Eating and how we nourish our body can be so complex. And some clients, some women, and maybe you are suffering from conditions that can be resolved completely by what you're eating. Today's guest on the Girlfriend Doctor podcast is Christina from the Castaway Kitchen. She is the author of a couple fabulous books. Made Whole is her most recent one. And this is a fabulous time to discuss what makes us healthier and happier and how that can really affect our lives and heal from so many conditions. Hi, everyone. It's Dr. Anna Kabeca. I'm the Girlfriend Doctor, and it is my mission and my passion to help women live better lives before, during, and after menopause. So welcome to the Girlfriend Doctor podcast, an intimate place for intimate conversation, and I am here for you. You can ask or tell me anything. This is a place of no shame, no guilt, no apologies, and we pull back the curtain on all things related to women's health, and our goal is to shine light on your overall wellness, mind, body, and spirit. So let's get started with the Castaway Kitchen author, brand, just amazing woman, Christina. So happy to share her with you. Christina Kerp is the creator of The Castaway Kitchen, a popular food blog and online community dedicated to delicious healing recipes. She's the author of best-selling cookbook, Made Whole, and recently released Made Whole, Made Simple. And she holds a BA in anthropology from Florida International University and is a certified nutritional therapy practitioner. She is on a mission to educate people about the healing power of real food. And you can find her online at the Castaway Kitchen. And she's also the co-host of Body Wise podcast. So here we go. Welcome to the Girlfriend Doctor podcast, Christina. It is great to have you here, another like-minded soul, to talk about food and the right and wrong way to prep it, prepare it, eat it, and how important. And I love how you say, you know, really how whole food is so important in our diet. I mean, not just important, but like essential, and it makes sense. So welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about your background, your journey to get here. Yeah, I was, I used to be a restaurant chef um, many moons ago, but I, like many women, I ended up so sick. I was about to turn 30 and I had this two-year-old baby that I was just weaning. And in the, in the two years postpartum, I piled on weight. I mean, I know some people lose weight when they breastfeed. I was the opposite. I just packed on like 35, 40 pounds and my autoimmune disease well, I have an inflammatory skin condition called hydrogenitis superativa, and it's medieval and horrible. And I've had it since I was 13, never made the connection with food. Doctors didn't tell me about it. But after having my son, it started spreading to other areas of my body. It was just unbearable. And I was fatigued and joint pain and brain fog. 
So let's talk about that hydronitis superativa. I mean, it is boils, basically. You can get them under your arm, between your legs, you know, the back of your leg skin area. And it is painful. It's uncomfortable. And of course, there's a lot of emotion that goes with it too. Like the thing, feeling like, oh my gosh, like what's happening to me to have these boils? It's debilitating in many ways. And it manifested in my on my body when I was a teenage girl. And I, I grew up in Miami, so we'll talk about bikinis, body image, right? Everything. And yeah, navigating like dating and my sex life in my twenties with scars and, and active boils and band-aids and it was a whole thing. But you know, you learn to live with it and deal and just lots of creams and lots of gauze and you know, a whole thing. And you know, I had my, got married, had my son and it just got so bad. I mean, when I was breastfeeding, it started manifesting under my breasts, which it hadn't ever before. But you notice me breastfeeding and then like, it was just, I just, it was horrible. It was a nightmare. And I just remember hitting that point where I was 30 days out before I turned 30. And I told my husband, I'm like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm not going to be okay. I, I'm not going to raise our son. We just got in station in Hawaii. So we're living in this hotel room in Hawaii and I'm feeling so lost and just broken. And I thought, this is supposed to be the best years of my life. Like, you know, a young married couple with this beautiful baby, we're living in paradise and I am miserable. So I look to food because food is my jam. Like that's what I do. And I know, I've always known there's a connection there. And although I always eat organic, I was vegan a while back, like for a while in like <laughs> my twenties, my mom owns a farm to table restaurant. I also people, you can eat healthy, but you don't necessarily, you might not be eating healthy for you. I eat whole wheat and I ate, or, you know, all this stuff, but yeah, I just, I wasn't okay. It wasn't working. Well, we need to emphasize that you can eat healthy. I mean, that's a huge nugget, right? You can eat healthy, but it wasn't healthy for me. Right. And of course, the things that they taught us, the lower fat, like being afraid of fat. And I was doing oatmeal and things that I thought were supposed to help me, but I just kept getting worse. And I kept, I was doing Weight Watchers and the weight kept piling on. And I was like, I felt, I felt broken. And I had done dabbled in paleo back in 2008 um, with a holistic practitioner in Miami. And I remember thinking that felt pretty good. That felt pretty good. So I went down this rabbit hole on the internet. And of course, five, six years ago, the Google was a lot better. <laughs> it wasn't as censored as it is now. And I found a, a post on Rob Wolf's website by Tara Grant, this woman who had my skin condition and she put it in remission through food. And I remember reading the article and crying, crying. And she's talking about nightshades and, oh my gosh, I was just, and, and then I got angry that no one talked to me about that before. Um, but I went head first. I went head first into paleo, whole thirties, autoimmune protocol, food eliminate. The minute I started seeing the changes in my body, my skin condition getting better, the weight was falling off. And I mean, that was almost six years ago. And I feel like I've just gone deeper <laughs> into the rabbit hole. And in the process, started sharing food because I was cooking these meals that were healing my body, but they were delicious, yummy food that everyone around me was enjoying, my neighbors, my family. And I thought I should share these online because I have that skill set that I can make anything taste good. And that's how my blog, The Castaway Kitchen, was born. Um, and then I published my first cookbook, then my second. I, I ended up going back to school. I went, I got certified as a nutritional therapy practitioner. And I actually work with Dr. Campbell, who's a functional medicine practitioner in her uh, virtual clinic as their in-house nutritionist. And you know, now I help other people heal through food. I love that. I think that's so, that's so important. That's so critical how you found food as medicine, right? You really did find food as medicine and you've been able to heal. Your skin looks amazing. I always say, you know, one of the 
programs I taught early on in my career was Healthy Digestion for a Glowing Complexion. I think that was the title because our skin is a reflection of our gut health and that this can really make a, a really big difference in our in our body, in our life, in our energy level. And you are living proof and that you found this at a young age and you stop suffering. I mean, I commend you. I commend Thank you. Thank you. Because, yeah, because probably your doctors were just like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. Food doesn't matter. And here's some more antibiotics. Get on birth or- control. Oh, they all wanted to put me on birth control. I had a doctor tell me that and, I, and this was when I was already in remission. I'm like, look, doc, I'm in remission. I feel amazing. And I was just doing a checkup. It was like, you know, it just whatever, an annual. And it, I was, it was a military doctor because we were in Hawaii. And he told me, he's like, oh, that's nothing to do with it. Food has nothing to do with it. It's just, it's just a coincidence. It's like, you know, if you really wanted to heal, you would eat the wall if I told you. He's like, I, I do this all the time. I, I help people. I cut it out, the affected area, and I put them on birth control. And I was like, are you insane? And, you know, they wound up to me on Humira. And he, I'm like, you think that taking the pill wouldn't, would be harder than what I'm doing? Like, this is harder, but I was able to get in remission through diet alone. And I mean, people who don't understand this condition might not know, but it is debilitating. And I mean, I lived in tropical areas and I have scars on my skin now, but I don't care. I wear my, my no sleeves, my skirts, my bathing suits, and I'm, I'm happy because I'm not in pain and I can, you know, do all the things I want to do. And yeah, I mean, diet and lifestyle, lifestyle is important. Stress management, toxic environment, mindfulness, all that matters too. But it started with food. I think it's for me and I think for a lot of people. Absolutely. And I, I love how you, you know, bringing in stress management, how that's key. So, so talk to us about some of you've, you've really, you know, just have spanned the gamut in the eating patterns. And I know you've got Keto Green 16 in there too, but you also have two books out now. So can you show them, show us your books and also talk about each one? Because I really have loved your work. You guys for listening. She is the Castaway Kitchen on Instagram and always has some great stuff there. Thank you. Yeah. So this is Made Whole, my first book, baby. And they're they're massive. And then this is my new one, Made Whole, Made Simple. And this one's made simple because all the recipes are simple. One pot, sheet pan, pressure cooker, slow cooker. And, you know, Made Whole means to heal. Both books are healing recipes. And I wrote them because as you know, people, okay, this is what you should eat. This is what's going to work. You're going to regulate your blood sugar. You're going to reduce inflammation. Maybe you have to omit foods. Like for me, one of my biggest trigger foods is nightshades, highly reactive to nightshades and grains and, you know, sugar. And okay. So talk about nightshades. Tell us what nightshades are. So tomatoes, potatoes, eggplant, um, and any kind of pepper, not black pepper. Cause those are berries actually, but, um, like jalapeno, bell pepper, paprika, ancho chili. And, you know, it's just all the foods have anti-nutrients in them. And some of us react specifically to some. I mean, some people are more sensitive to lectins, other ones to oxalates, but specifically nightshades for me. And I think for a lot more people than they realize can have an inflammatory response. And I found this out through an elimination diet. I've done every test in the, out there on food allergies and they all come back negative. But if I eat gluten or nightshades, I will have swollen joints, brain fog, swollen gums, and then my skin will erupt. And see, that's the perfect test, right? Is the elimination diet, eliminate them and then try them back in and see what happens to your body. So I have a daughter who has really had had bullous acne, bullous acne, and all this time, I'm, you know, I told her, you know, stay off the dairy, stay off, you know, the 
gluten, stay off the grains, you know, as much as possible. What can you tell a young 20 year old who's invincible? She came back from a trip and she had just bullous acne, just terrible pustular acne all over her face, chest, back, really very similar to hydronitis superativa, but all facial and um, beautiful girl. And so I finally had her do the Viome test. I mean, we've done different food sensitivity tests in the past, but I had her do the Viome test. So she stuck with it this time. And so she had to eliminate dairy. She had to eliminate red peppers and tomatoes. So the nightshades, right? I have to check and see if it said eggplant, but definitely has made a tremendous, tremendous difference. I mean, we definitely went at her double barrel shotguns too. I mean, just, I put her on a course of topical antibiotics and this, that, and the other, and really made her do just uh, three days of shakes and just really work on intestinal health probiotic. But the big thing has been that food elimination. And so she knows when she tries something again, like, okay, what happened? What caused the breakout? Maybe what's something else that we need to eliminate? And until we really get the gut healed, um, it's going to keep happening. Right. It's going to keep happening. Right. I think elimination protocols, and I have a section in my book. I cover them in my books quite often. I, I use autoimmune protocol mixed in with keto. We'll talk about autoimmune protocol. We hear that terminology. So clarify autoimmune. Autoimmune protocol or autoimmune paleo is a, I, I find it to be one of the gold standard of elimination diets because it removes all possible foods that might um, cause leaky gut or, or cause a reaction. So grains, legumes, nuts, seeds, seed-based spices, nightshades, nightshade-based spices, any additives to food, eggs, um, which is tough. And essentially you're just eating, you can eat meat and vegetables, but you're, you know, you have to obviously with staying away from, oh yeah, no dairy as well. No coffee, no chocolate, all that. And this, what I love about the autoimmune protocol AIP for short is that it's actually been studied now. There's been two different studies on it um, that I know headed up by uh, Mickey Trescott and Angie all and some other people in the community. And they did show like a 75% remission. I'm, I'm not mistaken with IBS. And they, they were just doing another one with Hashimoto's and the results were pretty interesting. And the work by Dr. Terry Walls oh. on multiple sclerosis and her research and yes, life-changing, life-changing. Yeah. So again, there is no harm in doing this. We are not going to experience any nutrient deficiencies. Right. We may break up with some you know, bad habits during right. it, which is really, really key because many of these foods can have a, you know, addictive nature. They are some of the foods that we crave the most. And then that can really be a problem. So I didn't hear you mention sugar. What oh, about sugar, sugar as well. So on AIP, on the original autoimmune protocol, natural honey and maple syrup and molasses aren't limited. And there are a lot of starchy vegetables and autoimmune protocol worked for me for a while. And I started correlating flares to sugar and starchy vegetables and TMI. But I honestly, as I mentioned, after I breastfed my son, I started breaking out with this hydrogenized under my breast. And I had one spot on my <laughs> left breast that would flare when I had specifically honey, maple syrup, or like cassava. And I called it, I, I, I nicknamed it my sugar boob. Cause it was like <laughs> the minute I had sugar, like it would. And so I, I, that's why I started kind of veering away from the traditional autoimmune protocol and kind of going more Terry walls where there is a reduction in the, the higher starch and the sugar because people, of course, they're doing elimination protocol. They're trying to cope with the cravings and this huge change. So they start, you know, I say everyone, American, standard Americanizes everything. You know, every diet can be made to have junk food, including keto and paleo and all of them. So people start getting really creative. Guilty, guilty too, with the cassava flour and flatbread and then you had whatever and you can make all these things. But even though they're whole food based, I had insulin resistance, which 
wasn't helping me, which was causing that inflammation, which was causing the flare. Because HS isn't just an autoimmune disease, it's also auto-inflammatory. So managing inflammation is key. So I kind of meshed AIP and keto together and found an elimination protocol that was so anti-inflammatory and so effective that I was able to kind of crush the inflammation, heal the gut, and then also reset the metabolism kind of at the same time. Awesome. Let's let's talk about that and what that looks like menu-wise and a day in the life, because this is important. I mean, looking at, okay, what's our next right step? Every step in the right direction is the next right step. Every step in discovery, what works for us or what doesn't work for us is the next right step. So, you know, and I think that's really important that we look at these you know, really science-based protocols and determine, okay, what works best for me based on my food sensitivities, based on my environment, based on where I live, based on the stress I'm under, based on the family I'm in, and what's happened to our our gut, our GI tract, the the bacteria within our GI tract, our ability to digest. I mean, there's so many factors here. So I love plans that pull it together like yours does as well. Let's talk about what a day in the in your life looks like. And I also just want to add in here, the older we get, the less carbs we can tolerate, the less carbs we can tolerate. And that's a really important metabolic shift that we have to adjust to. Right, right, for sure. So with, with AIP, both my books are, they're paleo keto, but they're dairy-free, nut-free, nightshade-free. So they're already very close to autoimmune protocol. Now, there are some seed-based spices, there's some eggs in them, because again, the elimination protocol is meant to be temporary, and then you have to add foods back in a little bit at a time. So I add a lot of modifications for coconut-free, or hey, if you can't do coconut, maybe you can do eggs, you know, or can do nuts. And so those modifications, I'm, I'm like the substitution queen. Like, I mean, I think because my culinary skills, I, I can do that with recipes. I'm very good at that. So day in the life for me is Again, I've added a lot of foods back in, but I always say don't compare like my chapter 25 with your chapter one because I've been able to add a lot of foods in. Right, but right. I do, so I do coffee in the morning. I'm on decaf because I gave up caffeine in January. Game changer. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. It was a big one, but it was that last step where I'm like, and as you know, and again, even going lower carb as we get older, it's all about babying the adrenals, which are get in charge of hormone production as we age. So cutting out caffeine... It's a biggie. It's a and biggie. I would tell clients until I, until I wore the continuous glucose monitor and prepping uh, for Keto Green 16 for my book and the recipes, I wore a continuous glucose monitoring. So monitoring my sugar all throughout the day for two weeks out of a row. And I've done it for a year now on and off. But when I drank coffee in the morning, my blood sugar went up 20 to 30 points. So because my adrenal stress, cortisol, glucose, I mean, the you know, my glucose went up and that was a really big eye opener for me. It's like, oh my gosh, that helped me understand a few things. Like when I go off caffeine and coffee for a week, I can lose three or four pounds, you know? And, um, so little things like, I mean, these things add up, we really need to understand what it's, what's happening to your body. And I love that you brought that in the coffee with your adrenals. Absolutely. Huge. So I do decaf coffee, um, and I do homemade cashew milk, um, which I just water in cashews with a little bit of real salt. And I stir that in. And then I usually have my first meal between 12 and one, I usually work out in the morning at some point mid-morning, depending on my schedule. Um, but my meals are very simple. It's plants and animals. And I really think that people need to like stick to the basics. So I love arugula. It's my favorite leafy green. It's peppery. I digest it really well. So getting a good um, you know, leftover ground beef or some fried eggs um, on a bed of arugula or some bratwurst, that's lunch. 
And then dinner is usually more a little more labor intensive because I do love to cook. So I'll roast veggies. I'll make a nice sauce. I'll do like some pan seared proteins and we do a lot of seafood. So I love fish. And that's another, one of my biggest things is like omega threes, omega threes, omega threes, <laughs> like yes. every day. All, and so we do a lot of like smoked oysters or salmon, just different kinds of fatty fish. Yeah. And that's really what I eat. If I do have a snack in between, I'll do like a protein shake um, with, you know, a dairy-free milk or some berries. I do like with my cooking people sometimes are like, I get the question I get 900 times a day, is that keto? And I'm like, if it fits into your macros, keto isn't a, it's not a food list. It's a metabolic state. So I love using citrus and pineapple and peaches and different fruits to season my food, to make sauces, to add flavor, nutrient density. And a little bit goes a long way, right? Just that little added flavor and pineapple in Keto Green 16, I have my digestive fruit category. So that's papaya, pineapple, and mango. So good. So that they can help with digestive fruits. And someone wrote in um, uh, a review on Amazon, y'all, listen, if you haven't reviewed Keto Green 16 with a five-star review on Amazon yet, I mean, I do want your honest feedback. So I appreciate it. But this person said, well, there's pineapple in there. No way is that keto. I'm like, well, how much are you eating? And what about your digestion? Plus I say, if it affects, if it kicks you out of ketosis during this, then eliminate it. But to improve digestion and to have those little bit of car bump in the evening helps with a good night's sleep. <laughs> this is Dr. Anna Kabeca, the girlfriend doctor, author of best-selling books, Keto Green 16 and The Hormone Fix. I quickly wanted to share with you that my new book, Keto Green 16, is finally available. Look inside these pages, beautiful recipes, a 16-day clinically proven effective fat loss, adrenaline boosting, anti-inflammatory plan that will make you feel great quickly. We have used this plan in clients in postmenopause, menopause, and postmenopause, as well as some gentlemen that have joined us along the way. I love it when men are joining alongside their ladies and taking part. And what we found is an increase in fat loss, a decrease in symptom scores, and a decrease in waste. So we like to see these changes. In fact, we had one client who's a 67-year-old woman who has tried many things. She was diagnosed in the past with breast cancer and had felt that she had hit a wall and she was just going to have to power through or struggle for the rest of her life. Just within one cycle of Keto Green 16, she not only felt tremendous, but she said she was happier than she's been in forever that she could remember. And she was no longer feeling like, when is the next shoe going to drop as far as waiting for another diagnosis? She felt empowered over her own body and that she has taken this control back. Not to mention losing some weight, improving her blood sugar with a decrease in hemoglobin A1C, as well as some other really important health markers. Now, we've had a gentleman in the plan. His name is Daniel, 57 years old with 80 pounds to lose on blood pressure medicine at risk for starting blood sugar medicine. He did one cycle of Keto Green 16 with his beautiful wife and within 16 days, his symptoms dropped tremendously. His blood pressure improved so much that he has to be weaned off his blood pressure medicine and he lost 30 pounds, I know crazy, right? And what other clients have told me, especially during the quarantine, 
is that they felt like they were doing something good for their body. They could focus on their health and their resilience, which made them feel much stronger and healthier. And so I encourage you to check it out, Keto Green 16, and I am pleased to be on this journey with you. And also the metabolic flexibility, which I think is really important. So one of the things I think it's like, if you are having a little more carbohydrates, be a little, be more active so you can have your pineapple, but go for a 15 minute walk afterwards. It's not going to spike your blood sugar. I'm big on like carbs. I mean, I have a whole section on like kind of trying to, to really get understand, like help people understand how our body uses fuel. Because if you are not over consuming carbohydrates and eating them to your activity level, they're not all stored as fat automatically. You can be used as this fuel. It's going to, it's just, you're going to use it right up. It's not going to be stored. It doesn't have to spike your blood sugar. And I've got, again, this is bio-individual depending on your metabolic health. But I think that there's a lot of young, perfectly metabolically healthy people avoiding foods out of fear, not necessity. Yeah, that's a good you know. Point. And so for me, I'm just like, well, let's just, you know, and then, you know, you have people like 20 year olds, doing CrossFit fasted and then like uh, 10 grams of carbs a day. And then after a few months, they feel like de- de- like they're crashing their adrenals. I'm like, well, maybe CrossFit isn't the best exercise to do. For you, right. And that's a really important point. We need to know what works for us right now. And, and I believe in metabolic fe- flexibility. I always say like around 10% fasting, 80% keto green, 10% feasting. That's kind of my rule of thumb. Although, yes. you know, celebrating my 21st daughter's uh, birthday, birthday, my 21-year-old daughter's birthday. It's, uh, she turns 21 today. So uh, there's definitely some feasting going on in the background here. <laughs> and you know, the feasting-fasting dynamic actually really works well for hormone health for women, where I think men thrive a lot better on this like hardcore all the time, like linear kind of way of eating. We do better on a cyclical kind of way of eating. And I think obviously that makes sense because women are cyclical, you know? Um, yeah, so. it's true. And that we often need, we need carbs. I know that I do for neurotransmitters and I've done the research looking at this and it really does. The quality of our food matters. The combinations of our food matters and, you know, the periodic fasting intervals really, really matter, especially as we're, as we're older and you'll, you know, it's exciting to see, it's exciting to see the science, but you know, that just today published and we're recording this in May, but just today, the dietary guidelines in America are evaluating diet plans and that basically every you know, high fat, every high fat diet basically has been excluded from the plan, which makes no sense whatsoever. So I think there's uh, right now we are protesting about that, but, you know, incorporating all the low fat diets. And I was like, wait, based on what science, right? Do we not see the obesity in America right now because of low fat diet? We need fats for hormones and fats don't, you know, fats don't convert to sugar. So we need to really recognize that it's a combination approach of, of healthy foods and looking at the Mediterranean diet, that's not a low fat diet. And crazy enough on Amazon, as my book, I don't think they have a, they don't have a high fat diet category, but they have a low fat diet category. And my book made it into the low fat diet category. So who knows what Amazon's doing y'all. No, they're so, so off-minded too for a while. And I was like, what? 
Keto is not low fat. No, I know. But I fun. love that you bring up the fats though. And like how um, those, you know, the guidelines, they don't, they talk about low fat, but the problem is that they're talking about the wrong fats because even their low fat approach, they're like, oh yeah, just use like heart healthy canola oil. And so that's one of my biggest gripes. If you had to say one food that no human should be consuming is seed-based oils, vegetable oils, like don't touch them with a 10 foot pole. Like we're not, it's not food. It's not meant to be consumed. It's, it's the worst. And I really think that part of the issue in America, this obesity epidemic with inflammation is highly rooted in like, who was a Danny Vegas said on, and it was so great. He's like, you weaponize carbohydrates when you mix them with saturated fats, you know, but also the combination of these inflammatory oils. So the American diet is the way they would have it consists of high carbohydrate, refined carbohydrates and refined vegetable oils. That's lethal combination. It blows my mind that that's even legal. Like, <laughs> I know. I know we're talking about saturated fats here. You know, explain more about that and why. Yeah. So saturated fats, they're not bad for you. I mean, as we know, okay, butter, bacon, all that stuff. It's not the villain it should be. However, when you have them with things that can cause inflammation, like carbohydrates, like sugar, it, you are going to get that, like the clogged arteries, you are going to get that where they are dangerous. Right. And so when you use monounsaturated fats, which is talking about Mediterranean, like they knew what they were talking about. Olive oil is like a really good fat. I mean, not only is it highly like protective, it not only, it not only does it have antioxidants, but it even protects the food you're, you're cooking in it. So you can cook the salmon fillet with olive oil and the polyphenols are going to protect the, the, the delicate omega-3s of polyunsaturated fats. I mean, it's beautiful. And when you think of how many centuries they've been cooking with olive oil, like in the Mediterranean and the Middle East, you're like, it just makes sense, right? So really when it comes to the fats you want to eat, you want to think of things that come from nature, right? And think about their accessibility. And I think that that always makes sense. The quantity of how much you should be eating of something with how accessible it is when we think of that paleo template, right? So think about fish, think about olives and nuts, like, and the, how much of that would you be eating if you were foraging it, right? And think about saturated fat. It's not easy to make, to render fat from animals. So you wouldn't have it in such an amount. You would really be consuming saturated fat in that whole food form from when you're just eating the animal instead of rendering it. So it just makes sense to really focus on, don't fear the red meat, don't fear, you know, but when you're cooking with oils, stick to more of the monounsaturated and then avoid, avoid the seed-based oils, which unless you have machinery, you can't make because people don't also realize that olive oil and like avocado oil, they're not made from the seed, they're fruit. They're made from the fruit, they're pressed. So it's the pressed fruit um, that comes from the actual olive, which again, you know, found in nature, easy to extract. Ah, which is amazing. So, and uh, a recent study looking at soybean oil and how damaging that is can even affect the oxytocin receptors. So it can decrease our oxytocin. So soybean oil is another really, I mean, they're, like you said, no nose. So I think that's a, that's a really important one because many of the fried food from our favorite restaurants can be, they're using soybean oil. So all restaurants, all restaurants use canola oil, soybean oil, corn oil, peanut, like essentially, and if you're eating, unless they specifically say like, and you're in like, I don't know, LA or like Portland, <laughs> those like hipsters using like better, you know, but in most restaurants, and I know I worked in the restaurant business, no one's using olive oil to cook with or, you know, they're all using seed-based oil and vegetable oils. Don't let them lie. They're not made from vegetables. They're all made from seeds. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. good to know yeah. when we think about that with vegetable. And now what about MCT or coconut oil? How do you feel about that? 
So interestingly enough, there actually was a study that um, I was going over with a colleague of mine the other day that did make some connections with even that coconut saturated fats being a little inflammatory and causing some issues. And I noticed I relied so heavily on coconut early on and when I went AIP and paleo, but noticed a reduction in symptoms when I lowered my coconut intake. So I think MCT oil can be great as a supplement, you know, use sparingly, like if you want to add a little bit to a smoothie or maybe to your coffee, but I don't think you need to be drinking it every day. And then I think coconut oil, the same thing. I find myself just make sure it's in a rotation with like, you can use ghee, you can use coconut oil, but don't use it for everything all day, every day. Mix it in with the olive oil, with the avocado oil. So you're using it maybe for something higher heat cooking. If you want to fry something, you know, not every day, not all the time. So definitely still, it's a natural option. It's not as inflammatory as, you know, the canola oil or whatever. That's an interesting study. That's an interesting study that was released looking at that, you know, that MCT could be pro-inflammatory when we're looking at it. I definitely want to dig more into that study and see, but in general, rule of thumb, don't do the same thing every day, every day. Variety, <laughs> variety. it's key. It's key for keeping that, like, your body, you know, and even people say, oh, I, I my, I, what is it? The IgE, Gigi came back and it's, it said I'm allergic to, let's, I don't know, let's think of like a really random food, like tuna, you know? Right. Or garlic. Or garlic. My daughter had a garlic. But it's like, but up. if you eat it every single day, well, how often are you eating tuna? Well, I eat it almost every day. I'm like, well, that's why, because your body has, your body is creating antibodies to it. Anything that you're consuming all the time, you're going to have antibodies present. So keeping that variety. Yeah, just on keeping that variety. And just on that note with heavy metals and tuna. So probably not more than once or twice a week on tuna. (laughs) But that's a, that's a big thing too. So what are your favorite fish looking at low mercury fish? Yeah. So obviously the smaller ones are great. So, I mean, as as far as really environmentally friendly and nutrient dense sardines, like you can't go wrong with sardines and like the smaller, the mackerels are really good too, herring. Um, And they've got really good omega-3 ratios. I do love some wild caught salmon, although I feel like it's harder and harder to find good wild caught salmon. I also really like like cod and mahi-mahi and stuff like that. But we definitely, the ones we have on a regular basis, I would say are sardines, the smoked oysters. And I get canned ones um, from Crown and Prince and they're packed in olive oil. They're delicious. And they're not fishy for those of you like being like, ew, they're super meaty and really yummy. (laughs) And we do salmon fresh or even canned sometimes and make like little salmon cakes from them and just kind of, the kids love it. Like I make these little salmon balls and we can just like pan fry them and like you bake them with like primal kitchen mayo and it's so good. I love it. And I love primal kitchen mayo. That is some good stuff. Yeah, no, I love it. And so Justin, if someone, the people who are listening that have been struggling with skin conditions, aches and pains, joint pains, what would you suggest for their next right step in a food elimination? If they're already like, well, I've been already doing keto and I've already been, you know, for a long time and I still don't, you know, have X, Y, C symptoms. The first one, if you're doing like regular keto is go dairy free. And I know it's hard for a lot of people because traditional keto relies so heavily on dairy, but I try to to remind people that was like the mast kind of like, it was the medical keto was never dairy heavy. It was always very paleo centered and paleo approach. Mm -hmm. It became popular because of course dairy makes everything easy. But if your diet's consisting of like mostly cream cheese and shredded mozzarella, like that's probably not good. Um, It's not even high quality dairy that, that. So dairy is the first one. Then I would say nuts. And if that doesn't help, then I'd say we'd have to go full blown. Like let's go bare bones, like leafy greens, protein, and then we'll start adding in things from there. But 
One thing I do tell people is that elimination protocols don't address the root cause always. They give your body a break to heal, but like you said, there's oftentimes underlying causes. How many people are running around taking antacids or different medications that are wreaking havoc on their GI? Not just lower, but upper GI. And so like another thing I've been like, which I cover my and made simple that in the digestion, it's like the simple things that people don't realize. Like I love mineral. I mean, I love mineral water. I drink Topo Chico. I love- oh, Topo Chico's my favorite too. <laughs> right. I know. We, there's like a groupie, yeah. you know, there's a fan it's, club it's a cult, But Chico. I don't drink it with my meals. You know, I try and like, because you don't want to drink a lot of liquid with your meals and carbonated beverages and you want to optimize that upper digestion. So the food is broken down properly before we is your gut or you're going to be causing that leaky gut. You're going to be causing the dysbiosis. People are like, it keeps happening over and over again. I'm like, well, are you chewing your food? Are you drinking too much liquid with your meals? Are you stressed out when you eat? People don't like this simple kind of like right in front of your face, the habits that they're not changing or medical history. Like I took Nexium and and all the antacids for years in my 20s. So I had to do serious repair with digestive enzymes and some, you know, HCL and and like now, just now when we see in, in clinic when we, you know, with with clients, it's a major it's a major thing that recurring digestive stuff because they're not watching their habits. And then of course we we do the GI map, we do stool tests a lot, analysis and look at. I, I that's one of my favorite testing GI map. Yeah. And so again, a lot of people are running around with, I can't get rid of my things, but you just changed your diet, but you weren't kind of seeing what's under the hood. So I tell people now these at-home tests and yes, I get that they give people some insight, but people ask, what do you think about the Everly one? I'm like, honestly, the test is only as good as a practitioner you have to help you read it and then address the cause. So I'm a big fan of like find a practitioner and work with them because a practitioner is going to have a protocol that's effective, that's been tested. And again, like just doing an antimicrobial protocol on your own is not recommended if you do have SIBO or you have you know, H. pylori or just a dysbiosis. So yeah, if you have symptoms, if you're still bloating, if you can't eat anything and you're like, everything makes me bloat, or you have diarrhea and constipation, like one or the other alternating, fine, get your gut tested because you're not going to address that root cause just by diet, unfortunately. Yeah. And weaning off of antacids and weaning off of these medications can really take some time, but it is so worth it. It is hundred percent worth it for our brain health, neurotransmitter health, aging, yes. for healthy aging, to reduce our risk of all inflammatory conditions down the line. We have to get off of these antacids. And I've done a couple of great webinars as written, a, you know, written about it in some of my blogs, but also just in that the whole concept of stop drinking with your meals. That is one of the key culprits to digestive issues. It is huge. Well, Christine, I've loved talking about you. Let's talk about your books and then where people can find you. I already recommend that they check out your Instagram page, The Castaway Kitchen. Thank you. Yeah, really active on social, always sharing stuff on there. So both my books are available anywhere books are sold. Uh, Made Simple, which is easy recipes. And this one covers the foundations of health. So covers digestion and a lot we talked about today and the habits for digestion and how to optimize the hydration, mineral balance, fatty acid balance, um, and blood sugar regulation, metabolic flexibility, super easy recipes in here. And the, the book's all have a picture for every single recipe and macros for everything and a meal prep plan. This one is, it combines paleo keto and AIP and has five meal plans, including an AIP keto reset. Like we talked about that serious elimination protocol and has just a ton of resources for cooking and like how to opt, like just get your kitchen set up for like a whole food 
um, kitchen. So they're, they're massive. They're both like, this one's over 400 pages. This one's almost, but they're, I love and yeah, that. anywhere books are sold, you can find them on Amazon online, Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, wherever. Thank you. Well, we were going to, we we're going to do some cooking videos together and we'll do that on social as well. We'll record some for our Keto Green community. And I look forward to, to doing those and sharing you more with my community. I love, I love what you're doing. And Likewise, really I love your new book. It's so good. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you for not giving up, you know, and, and what an example you're setting for so many young women everywhere, women everywhere. So, uh, and men too, men completely struggling with so many conditions. I mean, they've been protected with their androgenic hormones for a while, but it has, it has shifted now. They're really, really struggling too. So thank you for being with us today on the Girlfriend Doctor podcast. And I'll provide links to your books and and you as well in the show notes. So you guys check that out. And I will be back with you in just a moment. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I know I did. And to hear Christina's journey, how she struggled with hydronitis superativa for decades and how that can really affect our body image and knowing how simply it was, simple with hard work. Let's not, let's not underline the word simple here because it is hard work to change a lifestyle to especially culturally in certain areas go, growing up with certain foods. I mean, there are certain foods that can be working against us that are part of our heritage and it is a challenge to break break up with that for example just simply taco shells or for me spiha you know and in different foods and desserts that we really love but we break up with these and we really need to break up with them for good but as i say that it is a process of healing the gut healing our immune system and healing our mind as we accomplish these tasks. And what a huge accomplishment it is. It absolutely is. I know from hearing stories of women in my community that have taken the Keto Green 16 challenge and have absolutely up-leveled their life, turned their life around, rid themselves of so many diagnoses and symptoms that it's really you know, honestly, I say this is the gift of God in in the work that I do because we have to make these changes. And it's not just about one thing. As you heard Christina and I say, it's not just about the food. There are so many lifestyle factors that we incorporate into our life that can really change the way we feel and improve our health overall. So thrilled with the success of our Keto Green 16 Challenge and our Keto Green community that is so active on Facebook. I hope y'all will join me there. And please share this episode and check out Christina's books. I look forward to seeing you next week.